It's a little past sunset, and if Dracula is here, he's going to be wanting breakfast, and I'm fatter than you, and it ain't going to be me. Yours, yours, mine, mine, theirs. Hey everybody, welcome to Yours, Mine, and Theirs, the only podcast in the entire world that talks about Halloween movies during October. Uh, This is Roy, and tonight there's going to be a full moon, and I will turn into a mega critter ball and will be slightly eviler than high school Roy. Hi, my name is John. I'm a podcaster and a proud member of the Boy Right Media. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is Zoe here, uh, also known as Who's on Zoe? Who's on second? Who's on Zoe? Who's on first? Who's on, that's all I had. <laughs> is it true though? Because in Jennifer's body, they say that PMS is, has has been invented by boys. Is it true that PMS doesn't exist, and I've just believed it this whole time? Is it, it not a seems thing? I've I've heard it said it's not a thing, but also I've heard it said is it it is a thing. It kind of depends on the mood of the person I'm asking. Huh? Huh? I will say my <laughs> wife doesn't love her period, but I don't experience any such thing as PMS. Like I, I don't. There's never like a grumpy period several days before. So I don't know. Well, I can't imagine Valerie being grumpy. Oh boy, John. Oh just, boy. You just you just have to ask her the question that Jennifer asks, and that is, oh, I'm sorry. I assumed you were plugging. <laughs> so so what? actually trigger a, a good trigger phrase for Valerie would be, sweetheart, I'm sorry, I have to podcast for the fourth time this week. And then you'll see some grumpiness. So and so that sets off her period. That says offer period. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, you guys, welcome back. This is round two of our Halloween marathon at the Yours, Mine, and There's Movie podcast. Last week, if you didn't listen to it, we did horror hordes, and you got to put the D in there. It's pretty important. And we had some. We had a good time. We <laughs> watched Gremlins two. We watched uh, Puppet Master: The Last Reich, and then we watched The Descent. <laughs> little the strike. Little strike. Little strike. The little strike. All those are five-star movies. I'm going to reintroduce myself. My name is Matt Lorenzo, and I put the D in things. <laughs> anyway, we had a we had a good time. So here we are, and we are talking about horror comedies, and uh, you guys have had an opportunity to vote on this one for several years in a row, and it never wins, but uh, here we are. So it won this year, and we ended up uh, picking several movies um, that are movies, and at least one of them, maybe two of them, is a horror comedy, um, but we'll... We'll talk about that, I'm sure. But anyway, we will be discussing Bud Abbott and Lou Costello meet Frankenstein, which is the full title, I guess. It's not what they list on IMDb or whatever, but if you're looking at the poster, there it is. Uh, yeah. We're talking talking about Critters 2, the main course. I've never seen Critters 1, and I feel like I'm missing a lot. Maybe. Uh, but also, I feel like I'm missing nothing. So <laughs> Maybe uh, that, too. I did. Yes. I, I, I kind of read the... I read the Wikipedia entry on Critters 1. Seems like the Critters are a lot more uh, technologically advanced in the first one, but that might all be all you need to know. They're all packing heat. So it mm-hmm. so whatever the Critters did in the first movie, no one in the town noticed except for Brad, right? Because everyone thinks he lied about it in the second film, but we'll talk about that too. And then finally, Jennifer's body. And I will admit, Jennifer's body had some had some funny lines. So I don't, I don't know. It's like, I don't know what Jennifer's body is. Is that a really dark high school film? Yeah. It's like Juno. It's like Juno, but like horror. But, Juno, but, but uh, eating people's intestines. We, we are getting into that weird thing where, 
oh, do we have to put it in a place? Yes. Like because it because it puts because it has like its hands in like a couple different genres. Do we yeah. have to be like, well, does it spill over here or spill over there? Or could it be a couple different things? It could be it a couple, could be a couple different, things. different things. And IMDB does throw comedy on both of your guys' movies as one of the many tags. So there you go. But I also feel like I would have been justified for next week's podcast if I had chosen what we do in the shadows for documentary. Yeah, no. Don't go there. Don't go well, there. Too speaking late. of comedies. It's too yeah. late, sir. It's, it's, but I kind of uh, feel like <laughs> we're bending the rules here a little bit. But anyway, we watched uh, some fun movies. Okay. Well, uh, your, your mind is going to be blown by the time we get to the discussion of actually what is comedy and not. <laughs> oh, I know exactly how this <laughs> podcast is going to go. Uh, so <laughs> I, there are no surprises here, friend. So anyway... But here we are. Uh, so what have you guys been up to? You guys, uh, actually, I I think this is where we would discuss horror movies that we've been watching, but I have watched nothing but these three movies since the last time we talked. So Is that right? It is right. I've just been super busy. But what about you guys? Uh, I, well, I can I can give you a couple things. I rewatched The Blob 1988, uh, which is great. Oh, nice. with, with Antonio, by the way, uh, past guest of the show, um, past and future possible guest of, of the show, Antonio. He had his little uh, horror watching party, and we watched The Blob 1988. And then I stuck around and watched Possession with Sam Neill, uh, which... That's a fun one. Was insane. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I recommend Possession, but also... uh, Well, I don't don't know. I don't know how to preface Possession. I mean, it is a lot of... Someone someone on Letterboxd said it's... All of the acting is done like uh, like one of those like drama things where it's like you get the wiggles out and that's all the acting is in possession, where you do like weird <laughs> whatever your body wants to do, you do it kind of thing, and that's and that's how everybody is in possession. So there, it's totally insane. Not. It's just no, it's, it, exercises. It's, like it's insane. Like I, I think like to John's point, calling it like an acting tour de force, where it's just like okay especially for the the female in it it's okay act like there's something trying to crawl out of your mouth the entire movie <laughs> i and it and it feels like it feels very like there's aspects that feel very cronenberg but also it's like cronenberg if you were to like trap them in this apartment and it feels claustrophobic and you can never quite get away it's i like i've come to like possession i guess there's, i should there's say that's like, a better thing. Th- let's just say there's a cronenberg monster but it's almost like a side character and the way the humans are is even weirder than the monster. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, so it's pretty nuts. It's yeah. I, I, th- I found it crazy. Uh, also we watched, uh, murders in the room morgue took a few liberties, but, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, uh, it's the basis of both King Kong and donkey Kong from what I gather, um, watching this movie <laughs> and we watched half of the Doris Day movie, uh, Midnight Lace, where there's a stalker uh, calling Doris Day, and she's super happy in Doris Day, and then she gets the phone call, and she and she goes crazy with fear um, every time someone calls, and she never learns her lesson because she always answers the phone like, "Hi, I'm Doris Day," and it's like, "Why do you keep calling me? Why? Why?" <laughs> anyway, I don't know how it ends because <laughs> uh, I was so tired and I I couldn't I couldn't finish it. So um, hopefully, I'll let you know how it ends next time. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. All right, Zoe, what have you been up to? I just wanted to say, I think the perfect, I think Madbeard hit on the perfect matchup, uh, mashup with the Doris Day movie. What if we had that intercut with that seminary movie, The Phone Call? 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm like the I'm I'm the bassoon player. It's like balloon but with two S's. Nailed it. Um okay, so I don't know. I watched a ton of stuff actually. Uh, I watched these three movies I watched. I think the thing I've loved the most and I'm so excited to keep rewatching it is Talk to Me. That movie was in freaking sane. Oh, I wanted to see that. And that's all I'll say about it. I absolutely loved it. It's unique. It's like everything everywhere all at once, but like horror. So there's like a lot of originality to it. So really enjoyed that. That that's been the highlight of the week. Um, you know, watch some Vincent Price, the things cry, cry of the Banshee hated that. That's the first time I'd seen that. And I couldn't like a movie less. <laughs> and it's got Vincent Price and Jen was a couple years ago. Got me the actual Vincent Price cookbook he put out before oh. he died um oh. it's pretty cool i got that yeah. for katie it's it's really great it, it is great that, yeah make that uh there's this um there's this uh like uh turkey you can make where you like stick bread up in the skin and then it like like forms Go this on. weird like full stuffing it and i don't know it's crazy it's really good that sounds good. Okay, I'm gonna have to look at it. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's there next to all my Joe Bob movies. Uh, I think the other highlight I had was last night on Fear Fest. Uh, yeah, if you have Str- Shutter, you can you know you stream Shutter. But Joe Bob did the uh, he did a midweek um, last drive-in for uh, Halloween, which Halloween's my um, favorite movie, third or fourth favorite movie of all time. So that was really great. It was really great to have Joe Bob kind of commenting on Halloween. So that was that was really great. He's done Halloween before, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, I was going to ask. Um, he did. Yeah, he did Halloween. I want to say Halloween four, maybe Halloween five. I can't remember what he had done. Didn't he get tricked into do Halloween three, which I don't think he likes, but I'm pretty sure Darcy, the male girl really loves. He hasn't done three. He oh, refuses okay. to do it. Darcy always talks to him about doing it. Um, mm. So anyway, but the Halloween last night it was it was really really great, and it comes out the 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 release on it is the fifteenth is when you can watch it. So I don't know if you've signed up for Shutter this year, Roy or John. I did. Fifteenth is when it's uh, when it's going to be out. So what is your what are your feelings on Halloween ends? Unwatchable. It's yeah, it's the I worst Halloween like movie of all time. Yeah. And I think part of the one, well, there's so many problems with that movie. I hate that, like, he's got The Apprentice, right? (laughs) Or whatever, right? It's, yeah. But I also, like, I don't, when it comes down to it, like, after all these movies, I'm like, can't they just finally kill him? After they finally kill him, I'm like, well, that's a bummer. (laughs) So I don't know. Joyless. Like, that's the problem I've got with David Gordon Green, especially with this new Exorcist trilogy he's got like there yeah. i actually like the first halloween that he did I, I i do really like that i understand the critiques as to why a lot of people don't halloween yeah. ends to me was completely joyless and it took the fun out of it was a less adept version of rob zombies halloween 2 and i cannot yeah. stand that movie mm. so i really enjoyed i know it got really poor reviews but i really enjoyed halloween kills because it's just like 90 minutes of him slaughtering people yeah, and like it, it doesn't make an enormous amount of sense. And then like the end when the townspeople rise up against him, and then he just kills all of them too. <laughs> uh, I really I like Halloween Kills as well. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a fun, it's a fun watch. It's a fun like gory watch. But yeah, yeah. 
All right then. And it's so weird. Like, so you get to Halloween ends and I swear it's been what, like a year? And I, and I swear half the population of Haddonfield's like, isn't that just a myth? Isn't that just a urban legend? It's like, what are you talking about? It was like a year ago. You know, 30 people in your town died. So I, I never understand. Sounds like how... Grover's Mill. Yeah, exactly. It's just like Grover's Mill. <laughs> All right then. Okay. Well, we should get started here. And uh, Zoe. Why don't you take away Bud Abbott and Luke Costello meet Frankenstein? Okay, sh- okay, th- okay, we'll do. Okay, okay, I had to. Re- I'm, I'm really excited. I've been kind of chomping at the bit all day for this. I don't know if you can tell by my excitement. Okay, I had to read this. Okay, I had to read this synopsis or the plot summary from IMDb. So all credit to Gary Jackson. It's <laughs> this is a great summation. Okay. The world of freight handlers, Wilbur Gray and, Ch- and Chick Young, is turned upside down when the remains of Frankenstein's monster and Dracula arrive from Europe to be used in a house of horrors. Dracula awakens and escapes with the weakened monster, who he plans to re-energize with a new brain. Larry Talbot, the wolfman, arrives from London in an attempt to thwart Dracula. Dracula's reluctant aid is the beautiful Dr. Sandra Mornay. Her reluctance is dispatched by Dracula's bite. Dracula and Sandra abduct Wilbur for his brain. And recharge the monster in preparation for the operation. Chick and Talbot attempt to find and free Wilbur. But when the full moon rises, all hell breaks loose with the Wolfman, Dracula, and Frankenstein all running rampant. Um, I thought that was a really great. Uh, I actually thought that was a really great summary. Uh, I, I love Good some job, of the descriptors in there. Good job, Gary Jackson. Thanks, uh, Gary. Thank you. You know. The, uh, and I think I think Gary does a great job of summarizing that. But let me um kind of fill in the blanks here. Kind of a, you know at the end of the film, Chicken you know Chicken Talbot save come come to Wilbur's uh, come to Wilbur's um, kind of saving graces. And as soon as the moon rises, Talbot becomes a werewolf again. The monster the monster meanwhile frees himself from his bonds, grabs Sandra, and throws her out the window. Chicken Wilbur run from the monster while the werewolf pursues Dracula into the ocean, where they both drown. Joan wakes from her hypnosis and helps Dr. Stevens set the monster on fire, allowing Chicken Wilbur to escape by boat. They set sail, not realizing until they hear a disembodied voice that the invisible man is riding with them. <laughs> which is like it's such a great scene but um listen here's the key and i think and i and i watched some things um i watched some things today um but uh you know eli roth does that really great um horror horror documentary yeah um and it's the best thing that eli roth has directed hands down uh he, he's always the best when he um he speaks about horror movies and his kind of nerdum, and uh you know he's been on the video archive he had a couple of giallo podcasts that they did with him which was really interesting but he interviews quentin tarantino specifically about abbott and costello meet frankenstein and tarantino said something that as i was reviewing the film it it it, it hit me why this movie kind of stands up and it's one that we watch with our kids the kids love it my kids love the Wolfman in particular. My, my daughter, Ava loves, loves Larry Talbot, but Tarantino says something that's, I think, I think that really rings true. And that is that, but, um, you know, Abbott and Costello do the funny really well. 
and they they create really great laughs and have that really great comedic timing, um, you know, which they they're obviously very well known for. But they play the horror aspect of it straight, and I think that that hadn't really as much as I've watched this film that hadn't really kind of sunk in the way that um, it did after you know watching that interview with Tarantino, and I think that's one of the reasons that. My family loves this movie. My kids love this movie is the horror stuff is played. It, it is played straight. And there is, there is a terror within, within Wilbur the entire movie that I think they do a really great job um, emoting and the audience feels that. And it's one of the reasons my kids are gravitated to this. But the funny stuff is obviously so great. And they've got that so well rehearsed. It's quick. It's it's biting. It's really like there's this genuine play and banter that Abbott and Costello are famous for that I think few people, I think many people have tried to imitate, but few have actually got it right. And I think that's why this film is so successful. So, so I really love Tarantino, but what he said, I I don't get. I don't, I, I feel like... I, I feel like uh, most of the horror was latered into the comedy. I mean, the horror was check, 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 check. <laughs> when I think of like Wilbur being scared, I think of him being scared in a funny way, not a serious way. Well, I think for me, if he's reacting, he's reacting to, you know, the, the horror in it, but, but Bell Lugosi and, you know, Glenn Strange as the monster, they play the characters really well. And the yeah. terror that, that Larry Talbot has knowing, you know, at the beginning, like, Hey, I'm going to chain myself up. He creates that tension. I, I would say, uh, Bella Lugosi and Strange, they play it straight. I wouldn't say yes. they play it well. Well, I think Glenn Strange is fine. I think Bela Lugosi's fine. I love seeing Bela Lugosi. This is only the second two. The, he only plays Dracula two times. This is the second time he ever does it. And it's just great to see him. And I mean, he's, he's, he's fine. Um, but like no one, like no one treats this as a joke uh, besides like, you know, Abbott and Costello, right. Who are constantly telling their jokes, which by the way, this movie is 80 years old. And like the jokes, like they I still mean, hit, I was laughing a lot during this film and I've seen it multiple times. And so I, I know most of the jokes when they're coming, but I mean, it's really funny, but so I will say like, as a kid, I had nightmares that I was trying to escape from Frankenstein because of this film. So, uh, I mean, th there is that, right. But just like, just to see the, these classic monsters together and how great would it have been to have had Boris Karloff, but you know, he had, his reasons for not joining the cast, but I, I thought it was great. And, and like when the monster throws Sandra out the window, that's a kind of shocking. Um, and, uh, it, it's not going to win my, what the heck, but it was kind of like, Oh my gosh, it does harken back to, you know, um, it does harken back to Frankenstein where he throws the little girl into the lake a bit where you're like, Oh, that was jarring. Wait, what? Did he just yeah. drown that little girl? Like that's insane. So for me, I guess I guess my point is, like I say, I, I think I think I think Strange and Lugosi, I think they play it. You know, uh, if you don't think the acting is great, you know, whatever. But I, I think they do play it straight, and I think that's what makes this movie so funny is that Wilbur is reacting to these 
characters who are playing it straight in such a comedic way, especially the turnstile wall. Like, I think that to me is that may be the step may come up later in awards, but that is such a ridiculously great scene and so well-timed. The other thing I really like is I think that, I think that strange does a great job of, of being the monster. And I think he's such an intimidating presence because he's a big dude in real life. Like you kind of get like, Karloff is tall, but Karloff is lean and gaunt. Strange just seems like a big dude. He's like 6'5", 6'6". He's a big dude with broad shoulders, you know, who was in a bunch of cowboy movies. Uh, But (laughs) anyway, for me, like I said, I I think they play it straight. And I think that that's what makes it so funny is and effective is the way that Wilbur plays off of, you know, these these monsters being monsters. And so I'll also say, like, they did several of these. This was the first one, but they did one with The Mummy, and they did one with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, which is decent. They did one with The Invisible Man, which is probably the second best, um, but none of them are nearly as good as this. And The Mummy one, Kevin Costello, The Mummy, is just boring. It is so boring. boring. It's so boring. So so it's true to the original Mummy. Yes, The Mummy is the most boring classic horror film of all time. It is. It is. Okay, yeah, so uh, Lon Chaney Jr., he's also, like, in the, uh, you know, if we divide it into, like, serious acting and comedic acting, he's in the comedic acting, right? Mm, well, I haven't you seen stop it? much of because, his career. Well, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying the Wolfman trips over everything. Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> that is one of my questions, right? Like, why, why is the Wolfman why the clumsiest so person? <laughs> he's so clumsy. <laughs> That's yeah. really great. So I, really I do have funny. I have several werewolf questions that have just are that are vexing me. One of them was why is Lon Chaney such a clumsy werewolf? Yes. Um, so how long are werewolves affected by a full moon? Because this movie takes place over four nights. Four nights. Yes. No. I wrote this down. This is why. Uh, this is why this movie. It, I can't take it seriously because uh, yeah, the it wolf man. Follow its it, rules. It's, yeah. It's it's four nights. You know it because there is only one night of real the full, full moon. moon there's only one real full moon but you know we do know from you know uh american werewolf in london and even harry potter and stuff like that that it's a three-day situation right yes reddit agrees that it's a three night that it's mm-hmm. a three night situation yeah yeah you you wolf out three nights in a row so this one stretches it four nights maybe because it's, it's very christian allegory <laughs> let's say it's because of his uh he's come from london to the united states and it's the uh the time change his he gets an extra jet lag he gets oh, an well, extra wolf day idea. out of it that's yeah, okay yeah that that's <laughs> it's okay. science up to the united states i guess that is more time i guess oh what a bummer okay so it's <laughs> his one fortnight werewolf time yeah yeah so another question that comes up online that that i it's whatever this is the movie trope but why does okay so one is like the full moon is up during the day right you just don't see it but werewolves aren't affected but here's the one that i have the full moon only transforms him when he bothers to look at it because sometimes he looks at it and it's like halfway up the sky so it's been up for a while and so if he just would like keep his eyes down what if it was cloudy and if it's cloudy, does he not turn into a world? If you for so, I think from the thriller mu- uh, music video, like the clouds have to part, right? Um, I don't know why. Is it like you have to like the moonbeams have to be shining on your body? I I don't know, but it it is weird that that uh, he has to wait until he looks at it and then it affects him. The other one I have is this is it's not aggravating because it sets up the last ten minutes of the film, which are just 
really good, but they have so much time to go to Dracula's castle and defeat Dracula while he's sleeping, but they wait until nightfall <laughs> to come to the castle, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Talbot and Chick, they're like, okay, they're at the castle. Right now, Dracula is helpless, so let's wait until nightfall to go and deal with this situation, which, uh, you know. That's that's the only way they could sneak past the guards under cover of night. Okay. Uh, Let's see. What killed Wolfman and Dracula? Why are they dead? That that was going to be my question. Water. uh, Well, I mean, okay, we know Dracula doesn't like holy water, but does that mean he can't swim? I mean, if he can't swim, that's fine, because I, I don't know. Dracula never had any reason to swim, I suppose. I don't know. So so it should be said that the Bela Lugosi Dracula is probably the least powerful of the movie Dracula iterations. Right? He's kind of immortal and he'll bite you and he can control your will, but he doesn't like do a lot of the supernaturally stuff. But I don't know. I didn't I didn't know Dracula could drown. Also, I didn't know the Wolfman could drown. So I'm I I kind sure. of I've always wondered it's like holy water of course, it's right out. It burns Dracula. But Yeah. Well, salt is a little stingy. Well, I mean, is it possible that Draculas don't like water at all for some reason? It has and the nothing holy to do with holy water. Just, it's yeah, just water. Well, well, yeah, I mean, the holy water, I mean, it's like, okay, holy water, it's like, you know, they're very anti-Christian and God and everything. And so, you know, the holy water probably hurts more. But what if all water hurts? Like, like the Witch of the Wizard of Oz. So I think what we're saying is that all aliens who have tried to conquer the Earth were vampires. Because they're all that defeated by water. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like it. Okay. Those are my questions from this movie. I don't really have a ton to talk about because there's a lot of awards, but I do really enjoy this movie. And and every Halloween, I, my mother-in-law is like, have you watched it yet? Have you watched it yet? She's really into this film. And then I'll get around to watching it. And uh, I, I mean, I really enjoy it. So, I mean, it's really funny. I love the, the monster. I never knew you enjoyed this movie. Yeah, I know. It's really hard to tell, right? Okay. Um, and it was a shock that I picked it. So here's some here are my questions. Sure. Um let's see. It's it's Abbott, right? Bud Abbott's the fat one. No, no, Costello's no, Lou Costello. Lou Costello. Because he's yeah. the he's the brains of the outfit too, right? <laughs> he has the um, brains. He's fully packed. Well, he's fully you know, he's in this movie he has the brain that they want to stick in Frankenstein's monster. Uh to yeah. keep keep Frankenstein's monster uh <laughs> What, what's what's the word they use? They they want his brain because he's the he follows commands the best, or he's the most pli- he has the most pliable dumb pliable, brain yeah. that they can find. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's pretty good. But I don't understand why Lou Costello has a need to bark at every dog he sees. Is that explained <laughs> in any other Abbott and Costello movie? Yes, I think he barks at every dog in every Abbott and Costello movie. I think that's his thing. I I don't know. <laughs> Well, I don't like it. Okay. okay. Uh, Bella Lugosi uh, as Dracula. It, I don't think he did this in the original Dracula, but what is with the pose where he has to cover his mouth up with his cape? Why do Draculas have to do that? I don't think he does that in the original Dracula either, but it became such a trope that like, yeah, he has to live up to the trope that developed from his film, but wasn't in his film. So it is kind of weird, isn't it? Um, is it because they can smell death on his breath? Could be. It could be. I. I. I that's a. That's the polite thing for him to do. Then. Now, mm-hmm. I. I do wonder why does Dracula need Frankenstein? Why does he need to revive Frankenstein? He needs a 
a slower assault vehicle than himself. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, I guess if he had Frankenstein, he'd be on. I mean, if okay, he's lonely. If, if he has Frankenstein, then he has the perfect protector for him in the day. But they're not going to even attack oh. him during the day anyway. Yeah, no one attacks him during the day. That's what we've established. So is Dracula, is he planning on taking over America with Frankenstein's monster? Him and Frankenstein's monster, road trip, you know, conquering America. Yeah. Mm. One one costume party at a time. I do love that he decided to go to a masquerade ball dressed as Dracula. That was his costume. I I do like that. Oh, you're mistaking me for my costume. Yes. (laughs) All right. So you have any crazy questions from this film? Uh, my, my biggest question is, I don't understand how Costello is swimming in ladies. <laughs> well, none of them really like him. I think they, that's the they, joke, right? Like that they is, explain that, that, right? Because, uh, it, it's pretty much, uh, just like in Jennifer's body, like the ladies are choosing their victim and he's a perfect victim. Yeah. They're like, uh, yeah. Finding, um, because, because of what Sandra, it turns out she's Dracula's a, secretary yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what the relationship <laughs> is, but, but it's like, okay, no, I found the perfect specimen, the perfect person to have that person's pliable brain put into the monster. Okay. So you get that. But then the other girl, Joan, she's the insurance inspector, right? The insurance investigator investigate. Yeah. She's the, yeah. She's that thing. And she's like, oh, she spots Costello, like from a mile away, being like, okay, I can use him to, to figure out the investigation. You know, he's he's right. my end because there was some reason. Like, uh, she's just trying to track down what happened to the missing uh, exhibits, right? Right, right, right. Because yeah, they had the exhibits delivered, and <laughs> Abbott and Costello lost them, and so the guy's going crazy. It's weird. Um, yeah. It should be asked, are you guys team Sandra or team Joan? Oh, I think I think Joan is pretty, she is great. pretty great. Like I like I like Sandra a lot, you know, but then, you know, the like the good it's pretty much like Archie's with Veronica first and then Betty comes along. I think the fact <laughs> that she came second that kind of is like, oh wow, she's bright and happy. A lot she's a lot more fun than that goth chick that <laughs> that uh Wilbur's going out with the first of all. Yeah. And she's got all her teeth. <laughs> right. That was, uh, was That's that in so another great. movie where they went on a double date where one of them, one of the I'm, women they went out with only had one tooth? Not that I, I don't know. Not that I'm aware okay. of. <laughs> I'm actually not steeped in Abbott and Costello films. I can't think of, I don't know if I've watched any Abbott and Costello movie that wasn't a Abbott and Costello meets. <laughs> <laughs> and I think one of them is Abin Costello meets Boris Karloff, the killer. And that's a good one. Um, I think I saw a movie called Catch That Ghost that was Abin Costello. But it's still, it's another one of these supernatural comedies. So nice. whatever. Yeah. 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 Okay. So do you have any questions on Abbott? Well, uh, sorry, not Abbott and Costello. On Bud Abbott and Lou Costello meet Frankenstein. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I think the werewolf rule. I, the, the the I think the werewolf is going to come to play in awards. The uh, the uh, the rules of the werewolf thing. Um, I guess the only other question I have is, what sort of wax museum is this a part of? Um, seems pretty intense. A bit more intense than the Madame Tussauds, <laughs> Tussauds or whatever. Why don't these things? exist anymore i would love to just go to my local horror themed wax museum wax your wax did you ever see the movie yeah. waxwork 
Which one? The mid eighties, eighty six. Yeah, I've seen the House of Wax that by one's Vincent a great one Price. Too. That's not and what I, I know. I know. I I don't think I've <laughs> seen the '80s one, but I my fun. understanding is like the Paris Hilton version is actually really good. Well, okay, this is what I'm trying to say. In the movie Waxwork, uh, the uh, you know there's this evil waxwork that opens up in the neighborhood, and it's like an evil waxwork, and the teenagers yeah. walk by it and say, "Hey, this is a new waxwork." You know, as if there are several other waxworks right. in town. They always they talk about them <laughs> as, as if they're like the weekend hang, like a, a wax work museum. I guess yeah. wax work. Yeah, to John's point, wax works in the um, 80s was much like Circle K arcades all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> it seriously was. That's how they talked about them. <laughs> That's, so funny, That's funny. Oh, so one final question I had was, especially in the scene where they're searching the house and they get to the creepy underground boat dock the- and there's the whole revolving door thing. Why? are they dragging Dracula's coffin all over the place? Like, is it just a workout for the monster? And I mean, they're, they, they haul it out to the dock and they bring it back into the, where it was before. I just don't, it's a good I question. don't know why they're constantly moving his coffin around. Yeah. Uh, is it, well, okay. I'm, I, I don't remember them doing that, but is it, is it for Dracula's benefit? Like just in case he has to duck into his coffin. Oh, uh, maybe could be. Also, you may have noticed that every time Frankenstein breathes on a door, it falls off its hinges. Mm. Um, so that's pretty cool. And Strange then uh, power, a broom <laughs> closet, huh? All right. I thought that's a great line. <laughs> oh man, there's a ton of great lines, and uh, it was difficult to restrain myself for a favorite quote. Love it, but uh, we'll we will get there. Yep. All right, John. Uh-huh. Bring us home to the best sequel ever, Critters 2, The Main Course. Critters 2, The Main Course. Okay, so Critters 2 starts out in space, which is very surprising to me. Um, there are some bounty hunters there that are being super cool. Ugg looks like a rock star. Lee has no face. Um, and despite one of them having no face, uh, Charlie is the ugliest of them all. <laughs> Not a handsome man. <laughs> no, no. Okay, so anyway, they, uh, they're they clearing up gross bugs on Prince Voltan from Flash Gordon's planet, it looks like, I think. <laughs> uh, and then some other alien says, go back to Earth and finish up killing the Krites or the Critters. And they're yeah. like, we're on it. So I guess that's the summary of the first Critters movie. There are some bounty hunters from space that are supposed to cl- like clear Critters off of Earth, but I guess they just left a few on Earth. They just that didn't do though? their job. Yeah, it's been. I, I have no idea. I don't remember Critters at all, the first one. Okay. 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 Well, anyway, so there's this kid, Brad, and he's going back to his hometown of Grover's Bend to see his grandma for Easter. Uh, but he has to go, he has to like go in secret because the whole town just loathes him. They hate him so much. Uh, based on Critters 1 again, because he was the kid from Critters 1, and he said, Hey, everybody, there are critters and they're eating people, and no one believed him. But I'm sure someone died in the first Critters movie. Yeah, so they hate him for what they believe is him telling a lie about something that no one remembers what actually happened. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's pretty weird. They're sharpening their torches and they're heating up their pitchforks. <laughs> like, once is they this, hear. Is this an Easter horror film? Yeah, and it's an Easter horror film. Yeah. Which uh, we haven't seen... I don't know if we've ever seen one of those. Easter is pretty ripe for horror. It seems like all zombie movies should take place on Easter. Yeah, the bunny's pretty scary. And the zombie thing. It, well, the zombie thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, okay, so anyway, the critter eggs are just starting to hatch, which is 
great because suddenly there's this massive market for critter eggs in the town. <laughs> suddenly the, the town's economy is boosted by critter eggs being sold and decorated. <laughs> but they start hatching. The critters, they are like, uh, like uh, they're like land piranhas. Yeah, they're like triple piranhas, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. And so uh, they start killing everybody and... Uh, this comes to a head when the uh, sheriff is dressed up as the Easter Bunny and he uh, is covered in critters and he jumps through the window of the church and bleeding and he has holes all over him. And, that's pretty uh, great, by the way. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty good. So I guess everybody kind of has to believe it, but still, I don't know. They still hate this kid. I guess the kid is a ginger. So <laughs> doesn't with a, help. With a really lousy earring. He has a lousy earring. He has like a, a sliding mullet a little bit. Um, <laughs> but he is kind of he is kind of falling for the one teenage girl in town, which is which is nice. She is cute. She's a girl in 16 Candles. I think she's the she's oh. uh, Molly Ringwald's friend who says, Geek, can I be honest with you? Get the hell out of here. That girl. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the same girl. OK, so uh, the bounty hunters land on Earth. And Lee transforms into the first thing uh, Lee sees, which is uh, <laughs> a, a Playboy centerfold. And so that's how that happens. And uh, yeah, and she bursts out of the costume because of those kind of proportions. They all make friends. Uh, Brad makes friends with the uh, with Charlie, uh, because I guess Charlie was a human who was in the first Critters movie. And uh, he was an outcast, but he found his name for himself uh, being a bounty hunter, uh, hunting weird aliens uh, out in outer space. Uh, and so the town comes up with this plan. It's like, hey, we have this burger factory in town <laughs> if we can talk the critters into eating all the burgers at the factory then uh we can blow up the factory and so weirdly this plan kind of works uh and uh one of the bounty hunters turns himself into a critter and i actually didn't see this happening i thought it was just a big massive critter but, oh wow okay yeah he turns himself into a critter and then he reveals himself to be like uh no 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 so he he says go to the cheeseburgers there are no bones and the critter's like okay fine no bones we don't have to deal with so they that's one of the aliens that's yeah that's one of the aliens i thought that was you just the that. critters having a serious conversation amongst themselves about the cost benefit analysis of boned versus deboned food see this is the problem that we always have in this podcast where we're supposed to take notes and by taking notes we ironically miss major parts of the movie <laughs> i know okay but no that was ug it was the rock star alien who changed okay. into one of the critters and said hey let's go over here instead of over here and then uh so he saves the day uh, except he doesn't really because they blow up the plant and it doesn't blow the critters up because they encase themselves in a giant, <laughs> they roll into a big giant ball. And, yeah. uh, and I guess maybe the uh, epidermis of the ball maybe got singed a little bit, but they're all okay. <laughs> but the big ball rolls out of the factory. And in the meantime, uh, Charlie, uh, he flies the spaceship into the ball and, uh, and, and then that's when the critters go away. But also they probably didn't get all the critters because they're just like these little things. There's a lot of them. I, I, there's no way to get all the critters. So uh, he stays behind and becomes the sheriff of the town because the town needs a new sheriff because the first sheriff was disgraced from the first movie. That's another thing we learn. And the second sheriff is brutally murdered by the critters. And then uh, Charlie, he doesn't want to stay back on earth because he's an outcast and a drunk 
but he has his purpose and he's no longer a bounty hunter. He's the sheriff of the town. And then the surviving bounty hunter goes back in the spaceship. Cause, and then the other bounty hunter was dismembered by the critters, of course. So yes, anyway, the she, the she alien, right? The, the, she, the, the female alien. Yeah. Female. At one point was, is it, I, I think, is it when they're trying to set up the, the decoy burger thing? Like, or just when they're visiting the place, I think it's when they're visiting Polar Burgers and they talk to that guy who's got the super nerdy voice, the and hungry heifer. Yeah, she helps herself to a milkshake, just like I, I guess, like might as well while you're there. Um, it, it's it's one of those cool things to do. It's like okay, yeah. we're protecting this town. I assume this is on the house because I'm so cool. <laughs> so when uh, she then morphs into uh, what's that guy's name? He's the he's the, the voice of the bratty kid in Polar Express, but I'm sure he was also in a bunch of 80s movies. The, the, you, the, the kid from uh, the nerd guy? Yeah. Yeah, the, the he was in Grease and stuff. Okay. When she turns into him, she's still wearing like the sexy lady outfit. So he's like, yeah. for at least a minute, he's walking with like the thong outfit. Yeah. The yeah. thong leathers, yeah. So Yeah, not bad. Anyway. And I should have, it, it should have been... This is how I wish the movie ended. I wish Charlie didn't become because Charlie was so happy that that Lee, the one of the aliens, turned into the hot Playboy Playboy playmate. Yeah, it would. And then the other alien, the other bounty hunter, was so sad. Like that alien spent half the movie in his faceless state because he was so sad that his friend, the Playboy playmate, died. And so I wish that. Charlie continued being a bounty hunter in outer space, but then the other surviving male bounty hunter turned into the Playboy Playmate because he could have. And then the two of them went off into space and then they were kind of like, you know, happy together because, you know, they they both appeared as the other one wanted to be. Okay. And then the and then uh what's his name? The the main kid, the kid I, I forgot his name. I said his name about Brad. Brad. Brad becomes sheriff. Yeah, he's a, like this sweet fifteen-year-old sheriff of the town. The 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 kid who cried critter as the town yeah. calls him, and they hate him, and they're like, "Okay, we hate you, but I guess you're our sheriff now, <laughs> young kid." Should you be allowed to be sheriff if you haven't finished going through puberty yet? Because Brad's got the highest pitch voice. <laughs> he does. By the way, did you recognize Brad, that kid? He looks familiar. Yeah, he plays he plays Malarkey in Band of Brothers. Oh okay. well, that's not oh. where I recognize him from. <laughs> no, no, no. I will share with you in it's it's a, a special award for you, Roy, when we get Thank there. You. Uh yeah. So but yeah, he looks so familiar that I looked him up. I'm like, I know I've seen this kid in a million things. And no, I only saw him in one thing. And I was like, oh, that's funny. Okay. So anyway, that is Critters 2 colon the main course. Okay. So lots of questions. Okay. One, it seems like it's not that difficult to kill the critters if you have a baseball bat or a shoe. Yeah. Um, also, it seems like you can drive around and on top of the critters pretty freely. So yeah. I'm not really sure what the huge problem is or how the critters are blockading the roads out of town. Uh, yeah, no, the valid points. They should just be driving. I guess if they drive too much, then the critters would just like rats just scurry into your house where you can't drive around on them. Well, there you go. I guess there's, a, and there was the one critter that I guess bit the tire, but it seems like push come to shove. When the humans get close to the critters, there's a lot of like kicking and stomping and hitting them with bats. And that seems to be pretty effective. Well, this is exactly what I said last week, right? Hey, yeah. Gremlins? You know, yeah, kick like maybe just do a lot of kicking. Yeah. yeah or get like a riding mower, like in, 
home improvement and just drive around and you're just it's game over. Yeah. So it seems like there was maybe a scene where people were driving in a truck with all the windows down and they got attacked by the critters. But I, I kind of feel like if you roll up the windows, you're probably going to be okay. Yeah, so, you might be. Yeah. But I mean, they can bite through a tire. They probably can get through the windows. I don't know. Yeah. It might be kind of awkward for them. Oh, but yeah. Because I mean, they don't have the mass, right? So it would be difficult yeah. still. So this town also, like when they were setting up their burger trap, they unearthed a whole box of super dusty old timey prospector TNT sticks. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was pretty great. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, well, uh, so, so there's a lot of um, reference references to like in particular, you know, the, the Nana with like talking about like, Oh, you smell like red meat, like red meat. That's going to destroy your body. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like talk about how kind of meat is bad. So I listened to postmortem, you know, mm-hmm. Mick Garris directed this, um, directed this movie i I love mick garris he's one of my favorite he's one of my favorite podcast interviewers he does a really great job with um you know kind of connecting with his guests and stuff so i'm a huge mick garris fan and uh he's a very widely known vegetarian especially in hollywood like um he he was the kind of the guy that organized all the uh they called the masters of horror dinner dinners where he would get like Tobe Hooper and he'd get all the, all the George Romero, like he'd get all these big horror directors together and they would do these kind of master of horror dinners, Wes Craven. And that kind of was the genesis of his little, like kind of TV thing that he did with, I think stars called the masters of horror where he would, you know, like Carpenter, the, like a 45 minute segment and all stuff. So I, I critters two is fun and it was a really fun time. I really liked, I, I thought some of the dialogue was actually pretty funny and stuff, but being such a Mick Garris fan, having listened to almost every episode of his podcast, uh, I could see like his kind of nuance and touch on the, on the film and, you know, especially around the, the meat eating stuff. Um, I kind of wish it was a little bit more anti meat. Um, cause like the grandma was, uh, I don't know because she brought out the carob yeah. bunny. You know, which I guess is a vegan bunny, which uh, like some kind of it's better than chocolate. It's carob. And I don't know what that is at all. Um, <laughs> but I kind of it, I kind of wish grandma were just a little bit cooler in the movie because she did say something. I remember, OK, it's, it's a weird story. Um, you know, in, in New Zealand, I was on my mission. We knocked into like a group of Krishna consciousness people, you know, and obviously they're vegetarians. We traded them a Book of Mormon for one of their Hare Krishna cookbooks. Right. And uh, the Hare Krishna cookbook, I, I read it, and it's very interesting. And it said some of the same stuff that Grandma was talking about, about how human beings aren't equipped in the same way as all other yeah. meat eaters. And like human the beings' long bodies intestine. are... The long intestine is exactly what she said. And I, that was the first place I read it, was in like this Hare Krishna like cookbook where 80% of the book was like, here's a reason why you should be a vegetarian. (laughs) And then like 20% was just, was the, was the recipes. So, but they kind of, they scoff at the carob bunny, you know, I kind of, it would have been a little bit fun if, if the hungry heifer was a bit more gross and everybody in town was just a little bit more greasy and unhealthy looking. And, I, I I think it would have been kind of cool if vegetarianism was the answer, but it was it was just a little too much on the outside. Oh yeah, interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. That's a that's a pretty interesting take, Madbird. I like that. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I I mean, Mick Garris was probably. I think he probably threw it in just a little bit, but he probably didn't have as much power as he wanted to kind of make a yeah, bigger. Yeah. 
you know, like stand yeah, on yeah. the whole thing. Cause, cause one thing I will tell you the, even the, even all that garbage fast food on the garbage factory floor that was unmicrowaved and everything. I was like, I could go for a burger right now. <laughs> <laughs> the, the perfect Joe Evans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, good. Yeah, it was it was good. All right. Don't try and segue with just a comment like, "Oh, good." <laughs> you always do that. It's funny when you're trying to segue. You always make like a positive comment in a sad way. Uh, <laughs> that's I've noticed that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a movie. Okay. <laughs> so was it a movie? Yes, it was. Okay. It was. That's <laughs> really funny. Now, uh, it didn't quite meet the 90-minute threshold, but we will still count it as a movie, yeah. So <laughs> it, it is, uh, hey, you know what, more respect. If a movie can get it done in under 90 minutes, it's, it's got to be more agree. movie should. I yeah, agree with that. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay, uh, any other questions then about Critters 2? Nope. I don't think so. I don't I don't understand why they would make Charlie the sheriff because he looks like he could go back to being the town booze hound real fast. Oh, he definitely and, does. Uh, yeah. We should yeah, probably because... check out Critters 3, although this was the last theatrically <laughs> released Critters movie I did read. Uh, so I don't know how canon Critters 3 is or not. Did you guys ever watch the TV series The Two Corys? <laughs> no. Oh, no. yeah. There's a beautiful moment where the two Corys are meeting with like some producer and they're talking about a possible project. And Corey Feldman's like, listen, I don't want to do any more of this straight to DVD crap, right? I want a theatrical release. Whatever project we're going to be involved in needs to be a theatrical release. And Corey Haim, he cuts and he's like, "Uh, he doesn't speak for me. I'd be happy to do straight to like, uh, you know. (laughs) audio tape in the minute that's free in a minute. wasn't that i think i think wasn't that conversation the genesis of like wasn't it lost boys the tribe i think that ended up uh, kind of coming from that wasn't that wasn't that what what that what lost boys the tribe came from maybe i'm misremembering yeah. that but it was, <laughs> i think so which lost boy that that movie was a straight to dvd <laughs> yes, right it was dude <laughs> And if you watch the two Corys, like I don't, I never saw the Lost Tribe, but all I know was the filming for Corey Haim was a yeah. complete disaster. Like they spent an entire day, and he could not, he just couldn't get lines out at all. And I, I don't know if they just edited whatever they had because I didn't see it, but I know that it didn't go great. So, well, what can you do? Sorry, Corey Haim, we miss you. Ish, and let's just. <laughs> yeah. yeah so honestly if we're being honest and this has nothing to do with this halloween but you know he was in the lost boys can you think of a cory Haim movie that you love that's not the lost boys <laughs> well license to drive is probably do you love I, that movie i don't no, love it i know people no. love it. i mean there's no way i mean okay. it's not i don't hate it i don't hate it like all the other movies. i feel like license if there's a, if so there's there. a swath of people like license to drive i feel like it's an ironic thing like um the this obsessed group with like alien alien cubed the alien three people who are like no 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 this is the best one in the series no it isn't why is there a whole group <laughs> like a reddit community that loves alien three yeah. it's the license to drive people those are the license to drive you so there are some legitimately good Corey feldman films but there is only one good Corey. yes Haim i film. agree with that statement so all okay. right, but, all right, but, Gen- but but well, 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 hang on though. Well, I mean, we do have to agree that 
in certain films, like uh, Dream a Little Dream 2, for example, Corey Haim acts circles around Corey Feldman. That is true. Fair point. Yeah. Yes. Point, point to Madbeard. Love it. All right. All right. I'm glad that we got to talk about Dream a Little Dream and Corey Haim <laughs> in this podcast. So. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to have a... Sorry, anyway, here we go. sorry about you my maniacal laugh. I didn't mean to, to come across this maniacal. <laughs> I was just thoroughly tickled with that uh, segue. <laughs> so here's Jennifer's body. And I want to like preface this by saying that I still don't know if I really enjoyed this movie or if I hated it. Um, I don't know. It's a weird film. And, but here's the plot. Okay. So you have these two girls who've grown up as best friends and one of them is named Jennifer and the other one's name is, I don't know, but her nickname is Needy. And I'm going to come back to that. Anita. What's that? Her name is Anita. Anita. Sure. But we call her, she's called Needy. They all call her Needy. Yeah. Yes. And and they used to play boyfriend, girlfriend growing up. Yeah, isn't that nice? I believe I know where the nickname Needy came from, but uh, again, we'll get there when we start talking about The plot is basically this. They grew up as best friends. Now Jennifer is like the hottest girl in high school and Needy is her friend. They're still best friends, but Needy is the girl that's not allowed to be too cute because she can't upstage Jennifer, but Jennifer still likes spending time with her and Needy is kind of a nerd. Um, even though you can tell she's really pretty, she just has glasses on yeah, and one of you know, her hair is not as salon, you know, salon worthy, right? Salon. So they go to a show. There's a band that's playing. The place burns down and Jennifer is taken away by the band in their van. She hops in their van because nothing bad could happen hopping into the van of a band. Um, and you just run off, right? It turns out that where they went is they totally wanted to do a virginal sacrifice of her so that they could be a good rock and roll band. They said that, you know, if you can't get on the the late night shows and you're an indie band, what hope do you have? So uh, we decided the best path was with Satan. And they were horribly misinformed regarding Jennifer. Horribly misinformed. Yes. Like, I mean, it turns out she's played by Megan Fox and I'm not sure if Megan Fox was ever a virgin. (laughs) Just, just born. Yeah. (laughs) Not that way. Yeah. So, it does. It goes horribly wrong, and so what happens apparently because Needy does research, John, paranormal research. <laughs> yes. yes. And um, it turns out that when you try to do a virginal sacrifice, and the girl's not a virgin, that she turns into a demon, or uh, well, she turns into Jennifer. And what Jennifer is is someone who's really hungry, and as long as she's eating people, she gets to say beautiful. And when she's not eating people, she's still really beautiful, but a little less beautiful. Just off. you know, she looks. A l- she looks off, a, a little, little more a tired. A little off, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe a little less volume in the hair. Mm-hmm. So that's the situation. So Jennifer is eating people, and she seems to kind of hone in on people that her friend Needy likes, which is sort of weird, right? And I don't understand why, but Needy has kind of this weird psychic connection, so she can kind of tell what's going on or who she's with, and that's how uh, she's able to track down... It might be uh, because Jennifer's blood is in her from when they were kids. Okay, so when she when Jennifer cut herself in the sandbox and yeah. she kissed her bloody hand or whatever, right? Yeah. Could be. So I will say Jennifer, I don't know how many people Jennifer kills. We can say she kills uh, the Indian exchange student. She kills the football player. Um, the, who the else goth did she kill? boy that that she says hi to Needy. Yeah. Yes. And she wouldn't have bothered with him at all. But like, she's like, oh, do you like him Needy? And then, then, you know, she does her thing. And then, of course, she takes Chip, who is Needy's boyfriend. 
and uh, this is, is it prom or homecoming? It's some formal dance. And homecoming. She takes him to a dilapidated pool where she is busy eating him, and uh, Needy shows up and thwarts the effort, and they stab Jennifer with uh, like a stop sign or something, like some sort of weird signpost. Uh, It doesn't really kill her, but Needy goes back to Jennifer's house that night and stabs her in the chest with like a box cutter. And uh, unfortunately, Jennifer's mom's walking in at that time. So, you know, Needy goes to the crazy house, but she escapes from the crazy house because she has super demon powers. Because when you get bit by a demon, you, you know, you inherit some demon powers. And so she escapes. And what we see during the end credits is that she tracks down the band and she exacts her revenge on the band. Which so, I I it. really liked. I, I'm sorry, I'm jumping in here, but I actually really like that ending. Mm-hmm. Like here, here's I, I think I think with another actress. Um, I think Zfried is very like um, I, she's she's very genuine, and there's like for me, there's like this grounded sense that she has in any role that she does that had me. I, I really liked the ending, and I actually really liked her character, Needy. Sorry, sorry, I jumped yeah, in. Yeah, and I think I think I think uh, she does a great job. I think Amanda does really well with the role. So it's weird because I I feel well okay this movie can be whatever it wants to be but it seems like they're setting it up to be this revenge movie right where Jennifer is going to take out her revenge on people who deserve it like the band that did yeah. this to her or maybe like awful people at school but as it turns out Jennifer was already kind of an awful person I did want to talk about this cuz I think that's a really funny thing. It's like, okay, and the, now she, the band yeah. picked up the wrong person, but Jennifer was always terrible. <laughs> exactly. She was all, yeah, she was all, she was always terrible, but now she's terrible and she likes to eat people. And so I, I this is where I, I believe this is me believing this and there's no okay. real proof of this, but I believe that as kids give each other nicknames, I believe that Jennifer called, uh, a needy. Yeah, that makes needy, sense. Which is not a nice nickname. It's not it, nice. That, that fits really well. I mean, it's a nickname that makes sense. It's a fun nickname because it's based on Anita. So Nita, yeah. Nita, Needy. So it, it makes sense as a nickname, but I like, I like that origin story. Cause, cause she would want to do that. Like Jennifer is the kind of person who would always want this kind of power over. Well, it's not that would, she always wants this power over her friend. Like Needy yeah, says yeah. that at the very she beginning. Does. She's like, where's something, Where's something cute. cute. And yep. so it was like, yep. okay, now I have to all, now I have to think about what's yep. not going to upstage Jennifer, you know, so that she doesn't like reprimand me Catch. later. And I, and I love the, the, <laughs> one of my favorite parts in the movie is, is like at the beginning because Needy also kind of, I, you know, she kind of likes her too, and she wants her approval at least. Maybe she wants something more because maybe she has stirring feelings. But at the very least, she always wants Jennifer's approval. And so when they're kind of having a little friendly, like you shut up, no, you shut, no, you shut up, and then finally Jennifer just shoves, shoves her, her against yeah. the door, yeah. like like almost yeah. pushes her through a door. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, they're Biffs. Yes, which I've never ever in my life heard someone refer to it as Biffs, but. But it's not going away anymore. These two do because they biff each other. Yeah. Yeah. So they do have that moment later in the movie. Surprise. There's a moment where, you know, they explore their feelings. And I think yeah. uh, Needy's the one who's like, hey, uh, this isn't really my thing. Um, much to the disappointment of many teenage boys. But um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I feel like her being turned into a demon just turns into her into magnifies, a slightly more evil. Yeah, magnifies herself. the worst of it her. It magnifies it. 
it's kind of yeah, like the Captain make, America serum. Yeah. yeah, the super soldier serum, right? It takes those oh, qualities yeah. and uh, no, I, I so one of the things I was thinking about as I was watching Jennifer's body, I I actually really liked it. One of the things I thought about is I'm like, was this the first time you'd seen it? Yes, this is the first time okay, I'd seen yeah, it. Yeah, it was first um, for everybody. Oh, for yeah. all of us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I really, I I really liked it. Um, but one of the things I was thinking about the whole time is. Oh, this is like 13 years later or 12 years later, the faculty. And then 13 years later from that is the, uh, one of my favorite like Netflix horror shows is the babysitter. Okay. Yeah. Is that, is that babysitter series? I actually really like that. And I think Diablo Cody does a really nice job of, for me, the dialogue really worked in Jennifer's body. I like kind of the snarky girl humor. Um, I like, I like teenagers who are kind of witty and a bit, um, you know, you've got Jennifer, who's I think you said it really well. It's she's she's a total bizone, and needy is just that very needy, and is the kind of goody two shoes. And so to see that kind of character shift, I thought was pretty interesting at the end um, and at the beginning. You know, we see needy when she's kind of at her most most vile and most um, kind of forceful. But I, I I think Diablo does a really nice job with this screenplay. I, I, I really like the banter. I like the high school. I think they captured it for me. It felt, it felt fun. I, I, I had a really good time yeah. watching it, which I was surprised because I've always rolled my eyes at like, Oh, Jennifer's body made another list. I don't understand how this movie <laughs> makes lists, but ultimately I really enjoyed it. I kind of, I was with you, I think when this came out and I think we were kind of like, what, what, you yeah. know, I think cause we, we kind of didn't, know what it was so i'm glad i finally got around to seeing it I, same here another one of, another one of my favorite uh things about the movie is uh it, it's like okay it's megan fox uh she's a very attractive woman and everything um but also every time like she t- seduces someone it's not like hey all right what's going on it's like that person is extremely confused <laughs> by her behavior <laughs> <laughs> Which I think, I don't know, and, and you laugh, and I think it's funny, but it's also a, uh, okay, this is how she comes across. She's not a loving person. She's a, a power person, yeah. and that's what she's about. Yeah. Oh, it's as though it's not the situation where it's like, you're so overwhelmingly attractive that I have no idea why you're trying to, like, <laughs> make moves on me. It's that, too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I, I do love that in this movie, it is actually possible to sell to sacrifice someone to Satan and it does enhance your career. It kind of feels like the day of the beast, right? Where they're doing the stupid thing they found on the internet yeah. and it works. So, yeah. I mean, I kind of love that. And I mean, that, that scene is pretty horrific, but when they start singing the, uh, eight, six, seven, five, two, Oh nine, and they almost say the name of the movie. Um, so anyway, fascinating make, film. I yeah. love that their high school has an occult book section, just like Fair Junior High had a four book occult and book section. It, it, no, as soon as I heard that, it took, me, it took me. School. Yes, dang it. You beat me to it. It took me to Springfield <laughs> Elementary, the occult section. That they oh, go I never to, noticed that section uh, before. When, when, like when, covered when, in candles. And yeah. <laughs> when Bart turns her into a snail. What? Yeah. Nothing. You're just very beautiful. Oh, oh, and then she <laughs> like looks into the book he's reading. She like moves her eyes like with her iPods extended. Yeah, it's over. so good. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that's the first thing I thought of when it said the occult <laughs> section. I was like, yeah. Oh, I love Trias of Horror. Um, the other thing I wanted yeah. to say about this, I, I think that um, I <laughs> listen. I love Chris Mika as much as the next, and I, I actually I wish yes. I wish Adam Brody was in more stuff because i totally bought him as the lead singer guy 
Um, I I really like the band. Well, yeah. It, well, it's Seth Cohen. Yeah, uh, and I it, it's it's Seth it's, Cohen. It's, it's totally a band that Seth Cohen would totally. listen to. Yes, it's, it's like this little indie band, and so yep. they got the like the ultimate like Death Cab for Cutie like exactly uh, you know person who like spread it to our country. You know when he was in the OC, and so I. I, I do love that because, you know, not only is, you know, uh, Adam Brody in the OC, like the ultimate indie hipster kid, but he's also an incredibly nice person in the OC yep. and to have him be just so callous and, and like the worst indie person in this. I don't know. I, it, I thought it was great. It, it's obviously cast on, on his character in the OC. What, 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 one of my questions for this movie is why why do i feel like we need a movie in this universe but about the band i would love to follow that band around if i'm being quite honest <laughs> that would actually like kind of a spinal tap type movie this band that literally <laughs> sold their soul to the devil and does these demonic rites but they sing songs like through the trees yeah. Like the, the indie anthem that like that like little girls you know just kind of oh. sing at funerals and stuff when, when this could be, be a great movie yeah where you they just get like these hints that like things aren't going well or maybe the the sacrifice didn't go the way they thought it would and there's just this creeping dread and then at the end of the movie they're just all slaughtered yeah right. yeah that no that that would be yeah yeah like a side movie to this yeah can i ask why do all the woodland creatures stare at jennifer when she's uh, about to eat the football player well <laughs> They kind of because like he notices he's like what's going on why well she why says, have all the still white him, animals gathered she tells him they're waiting because the oh, animals oh, they, know that he's going to be murdered and so they want their sloppy they, they, they want it which is weird because like deer don't usually eat people well, okay yeah well that was gonna no that was gonna that was gonna be a part of my, that was that was that there may be an award that discusses why is a deer licking out his hollowed abdomen. Yeah, it's like <laughs> well, at a, they're like word all by association off. a little bit, it, like kind of like proximity demons. It it kind of felt like mm. that South Park. I don't know if you guys have seen the South Park, the Critters Christmas, where the woodland critter is the Antichrist and the puma cub is who's supposed to kill the Antichrist. And it's these little critters who are like doing a blood orgy. And the stuff they say is like completely messed up, but they're little like furry, sweet creatures. That's what I thought of when I saw that forest scene. Like, I don't understand like where there's an owl and a fox and deer just <laughs> looking at this scene that's about to take place. A raccoon. Yeah. Those little yeah. bandits. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like the, the evil animals gather. Yeah. Yeah. All right, friends. Uh, any more questions or comments about uh, Jennifer's body? Uh, the movie. No, I think I'm good. Yeah, I don't. I didn't write down. Strangely, I don't have any question marks listed in my notes. I guess it was a very straightforward movie. Strangely enough, it was oddly fairly straightforward. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, John. I think now's a good time for a commercial break. If we could have a word from our sponsors. All right. So, sponsors, be sure you go to our Zazzle store. Uh, zazzle.com slash store slash Rex Bassior. Zazzle.com slash store slash Rex Bassior. Also, now's a great time to give us a call. Uh, 801-896-4542. 801-896-4542. Once again, I've received an email saying, we're going to shut off your phone unless people call you. So please call us. Please. John, I, you, please just call it, John. Call it. Call the phone number. Keep yeah. it alive. 
I'm going to have to call the number again. So anyway, everybody out there, uh, give us a call. Uh, I know you're listening to these, and I know we're not saying things you want us to say. If you want us to say things mm. you want us to say, why don't you give us a call? Huh? huh? Here, we, we're, I was going to ask about this last week, but I totally forgot. But now that we're kind of talking about this, will you text, bless you, will you text, uh, will you text me that phone number? Because I may okay. need to drop in a line or two and leave random messages. You're uh, welcome. Complaints? Yeah, sure. I hope they're complaints. I hope they're complaints. You know, okay. this Roy guy, I'm sick of him. That's it. <laughs> it's like his transitions. <laughs> <laughs> Using positive words in a very sad tone. I'm tired of it. Yeah. Or am <laughs> he, I? he does such a good job of hiding what it an, when, he's not, when it's not his favorite movie. Yet. What an Eeyore. All right. <laughs> Go to yoursmindtherespodcast.blogspot.com, yoursmindtherespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, go to Facebook. Dot com and search for yours, mine, and theirs. That's the big thing. And of course, Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. Go there and listen. Do all that. Yeah. Hooray. All right. Now it's time for awards. Uh, let's let's just jump right in, okay? This is the award. This is uh, blah, blah. Here we go. Best title, John. Uh, okay. Well, unfortunately, this is by default, uh, but it's Critters 2, the main course. Um, uh, Jennifer's body. I never thought was a was a good title. And what is even the title of the other movie? No one knows. <laughs> okay, so well, so what do you think? What's your favorite title? I went with Abbott and Costello. Okay, well, hey, everyone gets some love because I thought Jennifer's body was the best title. Oh, okay, so there you go. Well, what about the best movie poster, um, Zoe? Okay, hold on here. Uh, let's see here. Best movie poster was Abbott and Costello. Just that original I really one. I like that movie poster. Yeah. John, what do you think? Uh, actually, I do agree with that. I, I went with, it's kind of got the yellow and dark blue to it, and it's kind of hastily put together, I think. Um, but <laughs> regardless, it it, it's a that, lot of fun. Yeah. It has that feel that someone knocked it out in about 30 minutes. Yes, yes. It's a collage. Oh, yeah. I man, I went with Jennifer's body, and uh, so we're all going against uh, expectations here. So, yep. Zoe, I do taglines right up front, friend. There, there is a method to my madness, okay. and someday we'll do a thirty-minute podcast for our Patreon where I just describe why it's so important we do it in this order. But favorite tagline, John. Favorite real tagline, then do your fakies. Okay, favorite real tagline. It's a grand new idea for fun. <laughs> that's Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Yeah, it is. Okay. My Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein tagline. All your favorite universal characters are here, except Frankenstein. Okay. And my Critters 2 tag. Because, okay. Okay, uh, no, this is what I was going to say for, like, this is why I didn't get my best title. They don't meet Frankenstein. Frankenstein is yeah. not in the movie. They never meet him. Yeah. Point. Okay. All right. Uh, Critters 2 tagline. They're a big ball of wackiness and death. <laughs> Jennifer's body tagline. She's going to kill you, but hey, may as well take pleasure in your last few moments. Hmm. Well, there you go. All right. So what do you think? What was your favorite real tagline? And then okay. give us some, uh, some fresh yeah. ones if you got them. Yeah, I did some work on these, so they're going to be terrible. Okay. So my favorite real tagline was from Abbott and Costello as well. And I got to read it in an old timey, in an old timey trans uh, Atlanticism voice, yes. uh, accent voice. Please do. The laughs are monstrous. 
Bud and Lou <laughs> are in a stew when they tangle with the Titans of Terror. <laughs> I thought that was great. Okay, That's so good. alternate the uh, alternate tagline: Abbott and Costello, Bud and Lou in a spooky monster zoo. <laughs> Jennifer's body. I'm gonna keep with my old timey voice. Sorry, I'm just gonna okay. do it. You thought <laughs> you thought high school girls had drama. Throw in demons and Satanism. <laughs> and Good. I think my favorite one that I did was Critters 2. Main course? More like chintzy horror d'oeuvres. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Horror d'oeuvres. Yeah. yeah. See? Nice. All right. I like it. Well, the best tagline is she's evil and not just high school evil. I think that's a lovely tagline. Um, mm-hmm. So my fakes are for, for, okay, so for Bud and Ab, Bud Abbott and Luke Costello meet Frankenstein, my new tagline is monster so you would read a bud abbott and lou costello meet frankenstein monster. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good dude smonster <laughs> i love that that is the name of the podcast this episode i love it okay. it's monster Crit- <laughs> critters to the main course it's you you're the main course and jennifer's body get ready to do some research paranormal research <laughs> good all right Zoe, what's your favorite opening credits? Uh, for the second week in a row, I'm choosing an animated credit, Abbott and Costello. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. What do you think, yeah, I, yeah, it's the animated thing again. I guess that's the the secret to opening credits is just animating them. You just got to animate them. And I, so the Good font is monsters. like bones. Yeah. It's just bone font. Bone font. So right, Well, it's Abbott and Costello. Font. Like, they're bones. You got a fat skeleton and a normal skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> He really is big boned. I want to believe that he's got a fat skeleton. Yeah. Yeah. All right. John, what's your favorite titular line? Do you have it? Do you have it? Uh, yeah. No, I, I have it. Don't be... No, I have it. And... But there's not one for me to play because it doesn't exist. Go oh, ahead. well, I, I didn't. I didn't capture it. But this happened um, in okay. Critters 2 when the sheriff says, wait, are those Critters 2? And then Brad says, the main course. <laughs> Yes, I definitely remember that. <laughs> okay. I should have captured it to prove it happened, but uh, sorry, I didn't. Though, do you have a titular line from any oh, of these films? Okay, so I've got two, actually. Kind of. Kind of. Okay. Jennifer's Body, uh, there, there's a comment, and it's about Jennifer's Body, where uh, Needy goes, two years ago when you were socially relevant and when you didn't need laxatives to stay skinny. Kind of a titular line. It's uh, referencing yeah. the, the, yeah, but the title, yeah. But Critters yeah. 2... Brad does say, Nana, the critters are here. And then Nana goes, no, shit, Bradley, damn meat eaters. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like that's titular, right? Isn't that what we're it's looking pretty for? Close. That's pretty it close. Says it's critters. close. It says critters. Yeah. So in, in Jennifer's body, when they're doing the sacrifice, they do say, we are here to sacrifice the body of... Oh, what's your name again? Oh, yeah. And then Tiffany? she says Jennifer. Oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's close. They almost say the body of Jennifer. It's close. But the real one that you guys missed from Bud Abbott and Luke Costello meet Frankenstein is when Lon Chaney, as uh, Lawrence Talbot says, Bud Abbott and Luke Costello meet Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of hidden in the mix. Monster. Bit, <laughs> <It was laughs> so good. <laughs> so, okay. So, uh, can I ask a question? It says on the poster, Bud Abbott and Luke Costello meet Frankenstein. Is that what they called mm-hmm. it? 
Is it is it like I a Hall and Oates thing? Because you know how in all the Hall and Oates <laughs> albums, people say, it says Daryl Hall and John Oates, but everyone just says Hall and Oates. But do we just say Adam and Costello? But the real title is Bud Abbott and Lou Costello meet Frankenstein. The the only place where the title is their full names is on the poster. Like you can't look it up online. On everywhere online, like IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes, it's just Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Okay, I can tell you where it does say. Bud Abbott and Lisa tell me place John found. Well, yeah, no. Yeah. When I when I found this movie at the library, that's what oh. that's what it listed the title as. Oh, that's really? interesting, huh? Yeah. Well, it, well and it libraries. was like a. It was like in a. I I mean I think it was still in the A's, but it like listed it in a weird way, like as part of a. Collection. Oh, I was hoping you were gonna. St- you were going to say you couldn't find it and you went to the library and you're like, where is Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein? And she's like, you mean Bud Abbott? Yeah. The, the, yeah, the, the library in the B that. section. It, it didn't, I found it because I found it in what's called the Frankenstein collection. It was like eight Frankenstein ah. movies. And this was the last one listed. And it listed that like in the official listings, it listed Bud Abbott, and Lou Costello. Yeah. Yeah, this is like the. I think this is the only one where they get the three monsters all together. They do have Frankenstein meets the Wolfman or Frankenstein versus the Wolfman, which is, uh, I want to say, Bela Gosi plays Frankenstein in that movie, but you still have Lon Chaney Jr. So, anyway, interesting. So, the next award is technology. Zoe, what's your favorite technology? Critters 2, Hot Chick Morpher Cloner. That's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, mine is also in Critters 2. And it's the guns the bounty hunters use where they like have them lowered down to like they have them at like crotch level, you know, to get the like gravity. And then and the guns like extend like four or five inches. Just <laughs> the extender guns. Yeah, they're just the okay. extender guns. They have to hold them like that. And they just kind of raise up just like that. So I don't know. I guess they're kind of excited to cut, start killing some critters. I think so. <laughs> Yeah. Well, mine is the pocket monster jump starting kit that Dracula pulls out. They're like these two little nubs that uh, you know you can kind of jump start the monster for a few minutes. So, love it. There you go. Very handy. All right. Favorite name, John. What's your favorite name from these films? I'm gonna go with Needy. Needy. I think. Yeah. So what needy. do you got? It's Needy. Okay. So, what's your favorite food? Uh, okay, so the this may be the first time I mentioned this, but in Jennifer's body, deer eating hollowed guy's stomach, mm. like <laughs> licking stomach of hollowed man, a football. That's player. the food oh, for you of all the food here. That's the one that looks most. <laughs> it's not. Tasty. It's not. It's not like factory burgers or wherever that that is. It was the deer <laughs> licking dude's stomach. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay, I already said factory burgers on the floor, which I was like, oh, those look good. <laughs> but since I pick. already well, since I already said that, I'm going to go with the Boston Market chicken that Jennifer pulls out of the fridge before she like black vomits Pukes all over it. all over needy. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, uh, I'm going with buffalo chips, which is an item you can order at the Hungry Heifer. Okay. And there's buffalo a, chips, only yeah. a fifth only a, like a 50% chance you're eating poop. Yeah. So there you go. Best outfit. I have so many honorable mentions, but John, what's your favorite outfit? The Joan Raymond gypsy costume at the costume party. It's a great one. Uh, yeah. That is on my honorable mention list. Zoe, do you have a favorite outfit? Uh, the honorable mention is uh, Dracula's 
costume that he never changed out of at the costume party. That's my honorable mention. But <laughs> ultimately, I think that um, I think Thong Monster or Thong Alien from Critters <laughs> Two wins it. Yeah. So I I, I love Needy's uh, homecoming dress with this enormous puffy sleeves. Yeah, like she's yeah. got clouds on her deltoids. Um, <laughs> I, I also love Dracula's loungewear before he decides to come to the party. <laughs> He's so dapper. But my winner is Jennifer's homecoming dress, the white with like the black trim. I think it's pretty stunning. So yeah, yeah. It's and nice. then you know she eats chips. So <laughs> all right, Wh- who's your favorite alien, John? I'm gonna go with. <laughs> We, we have some to pick this time. I'm going to go with yeah. Lee, the shape-changing alien who turns into the uh, playmate. Love yeah, it. Uh, Lee's a good pick, yeah. yeah. What do you think, Zoe? <laughs> My favorite alien is Xanti. That's the alien at the very beginning that you see, that weird-looking alien they talk to. The one that gives them the assignment. That gives them the assignment, the yeah. I, 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 almost picked, I almost picked Xanti. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very good. Zoe, what's your favorite special effects? Okay, so my special, my favorite special effect is the, it's the the ball of critters when they roll over that guy <laughs> and it's just the skeleton. I love uh, that scene so much. I love that effect. I, I do love that. Yeah, that's great. That's the lampiranas. I'm not going to talk about that. John, right now. <laughs> John uh, what do you got? <laughs> uh, okay, this no one's going to pick this one because I thought it was kind of unique. They were they were kind of showing off a little bit, but there's a part where Ugg the alien Ugg changes into Charlie and then Charlie lands in his parachute. And so there are two Charlies on the screen and usually they do the split screen. But in this case, the, the two Charlies played by the same actor walk around each other. And I think that was just a kind of an FX show off because usually they can't cross the middle line, but they both crossed the line and looked at each other. And so it was a little bit of FX trickery. I'm not actually sure how they did it and it doesn't look that great, but I knew they were showing off. That was half of their $4.5 million budget. Yeah. Was that shot? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have an honorable mention for when Jennifer is eating Colin and you see it through shadows on the wall. I think that's pretty a pretty great shot. Um, mm-hmm. Also, Frankenstein's monster walking through the flaming dock, I think, is just great. I don't know how fancy the special effects are. But mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Dracula transforming to and from the animated bat. Yeah, I bat, knew you were going to pick that one. So I Yeah, that's it. good. Yeah. Also, uh, I do want to throw some love for uh, Jennifer just taking a lighter to her tongue and burning her the end of her tongue. Oh, yeah, that was good, too. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. All right. So what location would you like to uh, visit from these films? Honestly, Jennifer's body. Okay. <laughs> oh, so. Oh, boy. Uh, nailed it. Hold on. Swish. Uh, honor, I mean, that, that, that is really my answer. But honestly, I think that my, uh, my honorable mention is the broom closet. I, I love that, like, weird, <laughs> uh, you know, that weird, uh, like, Adam's family basement with the lake and the whatever it is. I thought that was great. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's John kind of that. mine. I, I wrote down the Florida Castle Mansion of Sandra. <laughs> yeah that's her place isn't it yes Dracula's just visiting <laughs> yeah so I, I we all picked the same place so i picked dracula's island castle but it's really not dracula's castle i guess it's just sandra's that's house? just sandra's house yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right uh 
John, what's your favorite song? I guess uh, you have two here. What do you oh, want okay. me to play first? Yeah, it just, uh, yeah, go ahead and play uh, number one first. And number two has just better quality. But number one, see if you can hear it. Okay. I'll be right back. Um, hey, how, how are you going to get alcohol? Uh, I'll just play Hello Titty with a bartender. I, Dirk, what about her? Who, Jan Brady? Okay. So what's the song? Could you hear it? It was Two Tickets to Paradise by Eddie Money. Oh, you can hear it in the background. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Tickets nerd. To, it's very deep Love background. It. Love it. And yeah, you had to listen to them talk about like collecting Jennifer to kill her in a demonic ritual. But yeah, it's there. Wow. Okay. All right, Zoe, what about you? Favorite song? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I the song that um, the uh, Nikolai Wolf and his band play at the uh, Honky Tonk Bar. I don't know what it was called. Oh, through the trees through the trees are you kidding me I'm so sick <laughs> of that song that's that's what uh needy when she's in the insane asylum she hears i i watched the beginning of jennifer's body again today to pull quotes and stuff and i didn't realize this because when she's in it um, plays on solitary yeah. confinement in the asylum love it that oh, song it plays in the muzak it's like bloop, 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 bloop. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Well, I think I'd like to honorable mention Violet by Hole as she's uh, getting ready to go kill the band that's in the hotel. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but here's my pick. <laughs> hey, little buddies, come gather round. This here's the very best eating in town. A hungry, happy bird's a place to be. A lip licking good, you can take it from me. Try a polar burger, some buffalo chips. Wash it all down with a mood. Buffalo chips. Yeah. Your tummy and smack your lips. Ooh, Seven more hours on your fingertips. At I'm the hungry pepper. We won't give you That's pretty good. Yeah. That's the one for Midnight Cowboy, right? That's You know what? I, I didn't feel compelled to like interrupt the song. I was just listening to it. It's a pretty good song. It's a pretty good song. <laughs> And this is why Mick. This is why Mick Garris needs to write a catchy song like that, but promoting vegetarianism. Because I, I just want to eat meat. Listening to that song, it's supposed to be this. Yeah. It's supposed to be this like hillbilly. Like, oh, can you believe these hillbillies eating all this meat? But it's it makes me hungry. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, John, do you have a favorite guest star? Uh, yes, I am going to go uh, with J.K. Simmons. Wig is a guest. <laughs> Uh, we've already mentioned Adam Brody as the lead singer of Low Shoulder. Um, Have we never had J.K. Simmons in a film? Oh, we've never had his wig. We've never had his wig. That's true. Yeah, yeah. His hook yeah. And I have an honorable mention that I'll save for the end. Okay. What about you, uh, Zoe? You got a favorite guest star in these films? I, I, I think I think my original was um, Vincent Price as the voice of the Invisible yeah. Man. Yeah, but ultimately yeah. the winner for me is uh, Bishop from Aliens. Ah, who picks good. Jennifer yeah, up at the end? Shows oh, okay. up right at the end. Yeah, That's yeah, pretty Bishop, crazy. Right. So mine is the guy's name is Eddie Deepen, and he's the nerd the, that uh. Hi, is the guy, that guy. Oh, yeah. he's annoying. He's the worst. He is. Nerd. He's super annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's screech levels. <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, honorable mention to Scott Grimes, who plays Brad, the young 15-year-old in Critters 2. Yeah. 
you may better know him as Lieutenant Gordon Malloy, the pilot of the Orville, the Star Trek show. Oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny? I'm like, oh, that's where I know him from. Yeah. So anyway, he's the Orville Holy guy. Cow, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Oh, okay. you, oh, yeah. Malarkey from Band of Brothers. Yeah, you're right. He, yeah. he is great. At <laughs> <laughs> is he is he that listen, Malarkey guy? I, I, listen, I watch Band of Brothers like two to three times a year. So I've seen his beautiful <laughs> face. 60 times so you watch it enough for all of us then is what you're saying honestly yes (laughs) all right so who's your favorite external recurring character uh external recurring character was vincent price indeed it was would you like to hear it all relaxed now that we've seen the last of dracula the wolf man and the monster there's nobody to frighten us anymore oh that's too bad i was hoping to get in on the excitement who said that Allow me to introduce myself. I'm the Invisible Man. (laughs) I suppose if you don't see him at all, you may as well get Vincent Price. (laughs) Would it have been awesomer if they'd gotten Claude Rains, or is it awesomer that we get to have Vincent Price? (sighs) Probably awesomer we have Vincent Price, because he does a great maniacal laugh. That was the best part of the Invisible Man with Claude Rains, is the, the laugh when he goes crazy. Hmm. Great laugh. Yeah, well, we do love Claude Rains. I don't know. It's just, it, I love it just Claude seems Rains. so much more. It just seems so right to have Vincent Price, though. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, I always, so even though Claude Rains, we watched all those Claude Rains movies the other month, but. But not The Invisible Man. But not The Invisible Man. And also, I just, I just, uh, yeah, I just associate Vincent Price with this kind of thing. Wait, real quick. Yeah. Uh, what, what Claude Rains movies did you guys watch? You watched Notorious by chance? Yes. Yeah, we did, which was oh, good. Fucking, I love that one. Hmm. <laughs> okay, what else did we watch, John? Um, uh, <laughs> can I think of the oh, name sorry. of these two? Oh, no, okay. We, we obviously watched um, Cleopatra, or Caesar and Cleopatra. Caesar and yeah. Cleopatra, yes, yes. And then, what was the other? It was, a, it, was a, it was a Betty Davis movie, although there was a ton of Claude Rains Betty Davis movies. Was it like Desperation or something? Yeah, it was Deception. Deception. It was Deception. Gosh, Deception. Yeah. Okay. And it was really good. I yeah, love Deception. Deception. Really good. I just couldn't remember okay. the title. I was sitting here looking for it. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I, I love Notorious. That's probably one of my favorite Hitchcocks. Yeah. Oh, great films all. I really loved Deception, okay. by the way. Deception was so good. I mean, not by <laughs> John, the way. I mean, we both said it a lot. So there. Yeah. <laughs> John, uh, did you already give your external recurring character? No, I didn't. My external recurring character is the song... Death by White Lines, which was yes, played at the dance, which was the song that was played uh, to great effect in A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. And had I known it was like, oh, nice in this movie, you know, I like I kind of feel dumb. It's like, oh, I missed this song like all those years ago. I had to wait for A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. And it works so much better in A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. And I'm almost kind of sad that like the song didn't bust through in that movie, but it's great to hear in Jennifer's body. So, so that's the recurring character. Yeah. That's two Halloween movies that this features in John. So yep. you, you got to get off my back I, and let me, I put guess it. we'll have to put it in the Halloween scene. We're putting that's it cool. in. Yeah. It's in the CD. Yeah. It's in the movie. Okay. All right. Uh, internal recurring character. Zoe, do you have one or a theme? There's no, yes. Uh, uh, hatred for teenagers was one that I, had oh that's good good. that's very good yeah Yeah. um i went with uh consuming human bodies yes uh i have hungry villains which i guess is similar like all the villains are hungry for something Mm, yeah 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 all right what's your favorite death john 
Zoe said it already. I'm kind of annoyed that he said it because this makes a much better death than the special effects. But it's when <laughs> all the critters roll up into a ball and roll over a yeah. guy and it's a skeleton. <laughs> that's <laughs> when, the best. <laughs> when, we had, when we made up the category for best death, that's exactly the kind of thing we're talking about. Exactly. That kind of cartoonish thing. Exactly. So I was watching this movie on my phone and I remember the rolly thing and I, I obviously missed this very special moment. Oh. And so, oh, oh I hate that it's I watched this movie on my phone. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's worth a revisit. You should have watched it with your okay. family. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, right Infinity after pool. Jennifer's body, they didn't want to watch any more movies together yeah. as a family. So, okay. <laughs> well, then there's the whole Infinity Pool debacle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they keep giving me another chance and I keep bombing it. So, Zoe, what's your favorite death? Oh, Madbeard nailed it. Yeah, that that's absolutely yeah. the best death. Okay. Well, mine's also from Critters. I'm going to go with when the Easter Bunny got crittered to death and and leapt through the church glass window. That was pretty great. That's great. Pretty great. Okay. Villain, Zoe, what's your favorite villain? Uh, Favorite villain? Uh, I'm actually going to go Critters 2. Uh, the the critters in critters too. Uh, I thought I thought, I thought critter. I think they're kind of fun. I think they're kind of fun. Lampiranas. <laughs> the destructicon. John, what do you think? That, yeah, that's my honorable mention. Is the critter destructicon? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, my villain is definitely the band, the devil worshiping indie band Low Shoulder, mostly for calling themselves Low Shoulder, like the ultimate just like indie <laughs> band garbage name. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, so good i'm gonna honorable mention mr mcdougall who just is the meanest that's... yellingest guy for no reason whatsoever he was the, um, he's, he's a 40s a karen yeah yes he is but my real villain is jennifer who started out bad and then got real bad and hungry right yes so that's good she's my villain yeah all right uh what about your hero john um, I'm going to go with Ugg, the bounty hunter who changed into a critter and let all the critters into the, uh, hamburger factory. Ah, uh, very good. So who's your hero? I'm going to go Larry Talbot, the conflicted uh, hero, the anti-hero, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Who wasn't smart enough to say, let's go get Dracula right now before I turn into the Wolfman and while he's, uh, helpless in his coffin. I don't know. That's uh, so uh, whatever, whatever. Uh, the movie's better because of the conflict, but it just seems crazy to me every single time I watch it. My, uh, I have an honorable mention hero that's really important. I, I almost picked this as my straight up hero, but it's what almost derailed Dracula's plans. Like this is the most fiendish of all heroes. Now then, what was it all about? This thing is too dangerous. The girl is an insurance investigator. That's right. <laughs> insurance investigators bon, taking bon, down bon. supernatural monsters left and right good so my hero though is needy uh you know she does her research and then she kills her best friend who had it coming that's good so, okay movie goofs so what's your favorite movie goof uh the it's it's from abbott costello it's the plaque that gets like bashed in but they show the plaque after it gets bashed in and it's all like messed up and then or they show it clean and then when they zoom in it's all messed up and it's like oh that was a goof couldn't fix that you know you couldn't film that first okay that makes sense (laughs) john what about you favorite movie goof uh okay i just want to reiterate the whole title 
uh, Abbott, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Is it Bud Abbott and Luke Costello meet Frankenstein or is it Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein? And also you never meet Frankenstein. It's just a big debacle. Um, (sighs) So although, although if we're going Canon, John, we already watched, uh, was it Frankenstein's brother-in-law or whatever? We watched it with Yuzo for one of these Halloween marathons. And they're like, the people in this town hate uh, Frankenstein so much that now they call his monster by his name. So I feel like it's part of the Canon. At this point. Well, let me ask you this. Why did they call it Abbott and Costello meet Dracula? That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, because they were so nervous that Bela Lugosi would just humiliate himself. <laughs> mm. <laughs> They'd have to ditch him. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, that's no, that's kind of weird. Abbott and Costello meet the monsters. I don't know. Okay, well, uh, really quick. Um, my real yeah. answer, sorry, because I said that so many times, is mm-hmm. when Dracula is hypnotizing Sandra... He moves over, he moves in on her, he moves in close, and uh, Sandra is sitting at her hope chest area, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and she has her little vanity there, and Dracula moves in. I'm like, are they going to do it? They're going to do it? They did it. Dracula appears in her mirror, and he didn't need to. Oh, no. Oh, that's a big goof. By yep. the way, we didn't mention uh, Sandra's, uh, her costume dress, like the white kind of uh, Greek looking thing. It's lovely. It's lovely. Um, yeah. That is a great movie goof, John. I'm going to say that there's a moment where um, uh, Costello is in the dungeon with Frankenstein and he's sitting on Frankenstein's lap and doesn't realize he is. And he's like punching the hand or whatever. Right. <laughs> so it helps. It helps if you've seen the, the special features, but um, because you know that this is this, scene was really hard to film because Glenn Strange just couldn't stop laughing. So in <laughs> the cut that they kept, you can still see he is just like twitching at the lips. Uh. He's just having a hard time. But what I'm going to go with is Frankenstein's monster almost loses his neck bolts when he turns his head to look at uh, Costello on the gurney. Uh, like there's the cords that are attached to the neck bolts and like one of those bolts like comes halfway off. Mm. So, yeah. Well, well who knows how... Okay. how- you know, maybe, maybe they were just like that deep into him. Not so deep. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Could be. All right. So what's your funniest moment? Your LOL. Let's see here. Uh, one second. Uh, my funniest moment is, Oh, it's the invisible man piece. It's the, okay. I wrote the quote. Down. Uh, and another thing, Mr. Chick young, the next time I tell you that I saw something, when I saw it, you believe me that I saw it. <laughs> Chick Young, oh relax! Now that we've seen the last of Dracula, the Wolfman, and the monster, there's nobody to frighten us anymore. Oh, that's too bad. I was hoping to get in on the excitement. Who said that? Allow me to introduce myself. I'm the Invisible Man. I I, I do love that part. That made me chuckle. That's uh, pretty good, John. What about you? Okay. Funniest moment. Uh, I do have I have an honorable mention that I'd like to come back to. So don't forget about that. Okay. Just in case you pick it. Okay. Uh, it's it's when uh, the football player, his name is Jonas, I think. He's just standing lonely in the middle of the field, just feeling sorry for himself. Yeah. And he looks to his left and sees Jennifer approaching in the distance, like Sir Lancelot and Holy Grail approaching that town. <laughs> and she's just off in the distance. And then she comes to his right side. Like the camera switches and she comes approaches from his right and he gets scared. He's like, what? Because he was looking the other direction. And so she came from the opposite direction she was just coming from. 
Uh, and so it was just this weird edit that makes no sense. Uh, and so she just kind of, she changed direction and teleported at the same time. Um, so yeah, so that's that. So what do you have? Do you remember what she said to him? She said like, I saw him at the, at the, he said the, you'd make a banging couple. Yeah. yeah. And then he the says, last thing he said, he said banging before he died yeah. was that we would make a banging couple. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> As the flames were licking at his heels, can you please get together with my best friend? You two would make a banging couple. Okay. Uh, that's so honorable mention, there's a joke where um, Joan asks Wilbur, what are you uh, doing tonight? And uh, Abbott says um, that, is it Bud Abbott? Yeah. Abbott says, well, he's going to a masquerade ball, but I'm not doing anything. And she says, well, in that case, you'll be very lonesome. And I think that's funny. And then there's like a creaking noise in the House of Horrors. Abbott says, it's just the wind. And Costello replies immediately with, well, the wind should get oiled. And I thought that was very funny. But here is my favorite funny moment. How about the two girls we had last week? All right, let's not talk about You got no kick coming. I'm not kicking. You had the best looking one. So what? Yours had teeth. Look, Wilbur, yours had teeth too. Did you see that tooth? Yes, I happened to see it. Mine had so much bridge work, every time I kissed her, I had to pay toll. That's such a great line. Anyway, I love it. (laughs) Did you see that tooth? Yeah, I saw it. Did you see that tooth? (laughs) Nice. Okay. Uh, uh, One more honorable mention for me, and it's also in Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, and it's when uh, he's like, okay, well, well, let's go like setting the scene up. Let's go pick up Sandra. I'm going to take Sandra to the masquerade ball or whatever. And then it cuts to them just like rowing a rowboat to a castle, like with torches and everything. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know, you cut, this is okay. I, if I were in charge of this movie, I would have, I would have just had like an ADR line of Costello just saying, Hey, is this where your girlfriend lives? You know, like, cause why is she live in a medieval castle in Florida? Like over a giant, like it's not even in a moat. It's a castle in the middle of the ocean that they row to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right, John, what's your key of D minor moment? Okay. It is in Critters 2 when Lee dies and Ugg is so like beside itself that it just seals its face up. And for the rest of the movie, it's just kind of this faceless alien just moping. Hmm. It's pretty sad. So what do you think? Uh, that is pretty sad. Uh, that was my honorable mention. My uh, needy at the end, homecoming, you know, in the in the pool where she's over Chip's body. I think that's one of the things I love about Zeefriedi. She's got a very expressive face and eyes, and so every everything she every emote feels genuine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that was my my pick as well. When Chip dies, it's pretty sad. And then he's got that line, right? I was already dead, and then I heard your voice, yeah. and then he died again. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Zoe, what's your favorite? What the heck moment? Yes, uh, Madbeard's brought this up a few times, and I was, I was like, oh, I'm so clever, and it's funny. But you guys, we've talked about it. Um, I'm still yeah. waiting for Abbott and Costello to meet Frankenstein. Thank you. <laughs> All right, John. What about you? Okay, I should have picked that one, but it's actually when Jennifer goes and visits Needy's house after she's abducted, and Needy discovers that she was bitten by Danny DeVito's penguin because <laughs> Jennifer spews black penguin juice all over nice. Needy. <laughs> That's mine as well. Let's okay. hear Needy describe this. <laughs> well, you know how last night we were talking and someone came to my house? Well, it was Jennifer. I mean, she looked like she had been beaten up or shot or something. And then she barfed up this, like, disgusting, prickly stuff that looked like roadkill and, like, sewing needles mixed together. 
Yuck. <laughs> yuck. I love yuck. <laughs> it was really gross. <laughs> yeah. All right. John, what's your favorite quote? Do you have just one here or do you have two? I think. Uh, two. Yeah, I think I have two. So is there an order you want me to play? These uh, play them in number one, I think, is number one. Yeah. Okay. What is wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Besides the obvious surface flaws. That is just the ultimate mean girl quote. Yep. <laughs> All right, Zoe, what's your favorite quote? And then yeah. we'll come back to your It comes from Chip, and it's when, in Jennifer's body, and it's when he and Needy are doing the deed, and she starts to, like, I don't know, she's, like, tapping into her weird psychic connection with Jennifer, and he looks at her, and he's like, am I hurting you? Am I too big? Nailed yeah. it. That I, I, I laughed at that. I thought it was pretty good. Am I too big? Said right. no one ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. There's a uh, midnight showing of Rocky Horror at the Bijou next weekend. I don't like boxing movies. Well, that, <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. So I have an honorable mention that I'll play as well that I think is pretty good. Now I ain't listening to no undersized kid from the big city. Or no town drunk. Or no no-face spaceman out of a flying saucer telling us how to run our own town. I, I, yeah. Yes, I like that one. I captured that one. I captured that one, too. That one's, I think that's it. We're not listening to no a no-face space alien. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll play your second quote, John. Okay. PMS isn't real, oh. Needy. It was invented by the Boy Run Media to make us seem crazy. <laughs> boy Run Media, that's me. Yeah. Very good. So I, I, um, I have one more honorable mention, which I won't play, but it's when Talbot says, soon the full moon will rise and I will turn into a wolf. And then Costello says, you and 20 million yeah, other guys. 20 and million I think that's guys. That's one of our original CD quotes. So We've used it before. Yeah, we have. Okay, really quick. Another honorable mention I have is when Jennifer like uh, requests to, to read what's his, like the goth kids Hamlet homework. She's like, I've got yeah. to read Hamlet. Is he going to F his mom? <laughs> it's a it's a valid question yeah all right zo your favorite scene from any of these movies we've already mentioned it um but i love the swinging wall in abbott and costello um yeah. in the in the broom closet I, I i really love that scene a lot that's ah, really good super good john what's your favorite favorite scene okay uh, i guess i'm just gonna go with the last 10 minutes of abbott and costello it's when the movie totally redeems itself with uh <laughs> you know with all sorts of uh frights with dracula fending off um the wolfman with potted plants yes yes and the wolfman tripping over everything yeah Okay, so my honorable mention is the bunny crashing through the church window and then also the McDougal House of Horrors. I think that whole scene of the McDougal House of Horrors is great. But uh, (laughs) I agree with John. I would say the last 10 minutes, escaping Dracula's castle or the final monsters battle, especially I think Glenn Strange is just really good in this scene where especially when he finally escapes his gurney and he's like knocking the gurneys around the room after he throws Sandra out the window. Like that's... That's kind of scary. That's like legit scary. So love that whole end of that film. Very good. All right. John, who's your favorite actor from these films? Roxanne Carnahan, who plays Lee the Bounty Hunter, uh, playboy playmate of some year, uh, and also tragically died young in a car accident. Uh, But not before killing some Kreitz. Nope. Yeah. She kills Kreitz. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So who's your favorite actor? Uh, for sure, Lon Chaney Jr. He's uh, he's he's great in everything. 
Ah, uh, he's great. I'm gonna go with Amanda Seyfried. I think nice she's choice. really good. Nice choice. Yeah. 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 Okay, here we go. Because it's horror comedies, which is the funniest movie? And I think this is where we're gonna. I, there's not gonna be any fighting, but for me, obviously, it's uh, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello meet Frankenstein. Zoe, what do you think? I I concur. Okay. All right, John, you're you're welcome to say the thing that you want to say. I'm picking the movie I laughed during, and that's Jennifer's Body. Okay. All right. <laughs> well done, John. Uh, so what's the scariest movie here, John? Jennifer's Body. It is Jennifer's Body. What do you think, Zoe? I agree. Jennifer's Body. Scariest scene. Okay, scariest well, scene. Well, I'll just tell you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's when uh, Amanda's downstairs and there's the noises in the ba- in her in her downstairs and she's not turning on the lights because no one in their right mind would ever turn on the lights when there's a scary noise downstairs. And I think she opens the fridge and then she closes the fridge and then Jennifer's there. And it's just a jump scare. Yep. Jennifer freaky bloody face is just right there. Agreed. Yes. Honorable mention to the scene where it's the next day at school and uh, Amanda Seyfried is looking down the hall and she sees Jennifer smiling, talking to somebody. And then it shows her, Amanda Seyfried again, and then it cuts back to Jennifer looking her looking at Jennifer, and Jennifer's mouth is just drooling blood, like in yeah. the in the cutback. But I'm gonna go with the uh, the Amanda Seyfried chip sex scene where Amanda Seyfried is hallucinating about Jennifer and Jonas and all the people who've died. They're also appearing in the room, and blood is coming down from the ceiling. Yeah, pretty scary. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm grateful that that only happens like 15% of the time yeah. uh, for me. So, all right. You should know that these films, we'll start with Bud Abbott and Lou Costello, uh, $800,000 uh, budget, which is pretty low. $4.8 million is what it made, so that's pretty good. 90% fresh. Critters 2, the main course, cost $4.5 million to make, and it made $3.8 million, so not quite clear in the bar there. Uh, a whopping 31% on Rotten Tomatoes. Jennifer's Body, this does not feel like it should be a 46% movie on Rotten Tomatoes, but it is. Oh. Like, this was a panned film, but I don't I don't know if it just has, like, had a little bit of a renaissance, because you just kind of hear about it, and like you guys said, it's on... Every list there is yeah, as this movie, yeah. right? Yeah, it's it's one of those ones that, you know, yeah, 10 years later, uh, I only hear people saying, did you ever get around to seeing Jennifer's Body? Yeah. yeah. Cost $16 million, They made 31 So, hey, at least it, I mean, it made good money. So, hmm. good for them. So, our average Rotten Tomato percentage here for these three films is 56%. Oh, no. And <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy, horror comedies, not a very light genre, apparently, <laughs> since this is 100% of all horror comedies that we just watched. Yep, we've watched all of them now. Yeah. All right, Zoe, what's your third favorite of these films? It hurts me to say this, but I'm going to say Critters 2, colon, the main course. <laughs> Critters 2, colon. John, what's your third favorite film? I'm picking Zoe's pick again, Critters 2, the main course. Dang it. <laughs> I am also picking Critters 2, the main Gosh, course. Dang it. And in a surprise for absolutely no one, my number two is Jennifer's body. Right. Right. Uh, whose turn is it? Yours, John. It is mine. I'm going to go with uh, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello what? meet Frankenstein's monster. Also, the Invisible <laughs> Man and a girl named Sandra and someone named Joan. And Dracula. Oh, and Dracula's there too. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, that was shocking. Uh, Zoe, what's your what's your second and your first pick? Uh, Jennifer's body in a surprise. I was very surprised how much I really. I will be revisiting Jennifer's body. I think it's worth a fun rewatch if you were doing a marathon for high school stuff. So I, I really, really was surprised by it. But my number one is uh, the monster. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, my, my number one is Jennifer's body. Um, I'm sorry. It, uh, I, I did laugh a lot in it and I was scared a lot in it. Um, personally, I feel Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein was, uh, possibly the scariest, not the funniest of these three. So as, as long as we're qualifying comedies, Jennifer's body was the funniest. It's pretty much like a Star Trek Discovery uh, Orville situation where the Orville is better, but Discovery is funnier kind of situation for me. <laughs> so I will say, um, I so I allow, I, Jennifer's body, it's a horror comedy. I laughed plenty in the film and there was some intentional humor. There was plenty of intentional humor, which is, I guess is what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really don't think it's funnier than Bud Abbott and Luke Costello, but we all you know have different tastes and, and stuff. Um, Critters 2, I think I was hoping it would be unintentionally funny, and it did have some unintentionally funny moments. So I will Critters 2 say, was uh, freak-tarded, as Jennifer would say. <laughs> so I'm not going to make us redo this week. Uh, I'll, we'll let all these oh, weeks good. stand, so you're welcome. <laughs> that was a yeah, close one. I don't know if we would have been able to <laughs> redo it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys, uh, one more week of this mad Halloween marathon, and this week we will be watching scary documentaries, and to refresh your memories, Zoe has chosen The Nightmare, and I have chosen The Imposter, and John has chosen Room 327, and I think if we're going chronological order... 237. 237. Did I say something else? 327. I'm definitely reading Room 237 in front of me, so I guess I'm just becoming... Listexic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the chronological order that we will be discussing them in is the imposter room 237 and the nightmare. They're all like within th- two years of each right, other. Right, They're all super is close. A, it's weird. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's that. And then after we are all done with Halloween and yet another Halloween marathon, this is our sixth one, by the way, uh, has come and gone. We will be welcoming back Ross LaFontaine. So we'll have to have him on next week. Right. Where he gets to pick one of his favorite 50s musicals. So it's definitely 50s musicals. It's locked. It is definitely 50s musicals. That is what we're doing. Okay. So, That's congratulations, great. Ross. Uh, let Six it, years in the making, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of the, like, the original categories, and it just has never happened. Yeah. And here we are. Uh, there's a good Wikipedia article that is musical movies by decade. I, I recommend that folks look into that. Nice. Um so I've got a few in mind that I would like that I'll probably throw in for the poll, which I will probably be posting tonight because oh, we have a week to get this all settled. So all right, that is that. And then we have no categories for us to come up with because after we're done with Ross, you know what's happening next? I think it's uh, it's new movies from Phil and Mickey. Is that right? Yes. Okay. If they decide to respond to any of our communications when we reach out to them. <laughs> then yes, we will be watching movies that neither of them have seen before, and they will be our November guests. Okay. So good. looking forward to it. Always one of my favorite uh, podcasts is when we when we hook up with Mickey and Phil. We have yeah. a good time. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Right. That'd be great. That's it. Okay. Is that So we have nothing else to talk about? 
Nothing else to talk about. Hey, if you're really sad that uh, Michael Gambon died because you love Harry Potter, um, I haven't posted it yet, so that'll teach you. But really shortly, I will be posting that podcast uh, where Josh and I discussed Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. So uh, in the In Memoriam podcast. Very there we fun. go. I, I plugged away. Go yeah. ahead. Plugged away. Okay, I don't have anything to plug. Uh, so you don't have anything to plug, right? Nope. No plugs. Happy Halloween. All right. Happy Halloween. Hey. Until next week. Uh, go watch The Devil's House, doggone it. That's just one of my very favorite Halloweeny movies. Um, so I want to do that as a suggestion. The Devil's House? House of the Devil? Is it House of the Devil? Okay. That oh, same one. here. House of the Devil. Same I like here. that one. I like I that. I love that movie. She dances to that fix song in the middle. Greta yep. yeah. Gerwig's best role, I think. Um, I think babysitter horror would make for a great uh i'm in uh, oh i'm in i'm I'm so in for that yes write that down yeah write that down uh zo do you john is there a reason for me to play john song number two uh play like 10 seconds of it and then cut it off because you'll like it well did you pick it i'm picking it right off that's cut off Okay, okay. All right, then. (laughs) Sorry.